So you're hearing a lot about AI and artificial intelligence. It's going to dramatically affect the way that you do business in the not-too-distant future. We bring on a special guest this week to talk about it, and you're not going to want to miss it. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the Student of Money podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Niemeyer. The mission of Student of Money is to connect listeners like you to a community of like-minded individuals to help you achieve your goal of financial freedom through entrepreneurship, investing, real estate, and personal development. This is episode 45. All right, guys, on this week's show, we bring back Jarrett Lutz, who's the CEO of DCAP Digital Assets out of Southern California. Last time we talked to Jared about tokenization and NFTs, and this time we're going to talk to him about AI or artificial intelligence. Unless you've been hanging out under a rock, you've probably heard about OpenAI's ChatGPT. Players like Microsoft and Google are also in this space. This is a technology that's dramatically going to change how you do business, so you're not going to want to miss it. Let's check it out. Jared Lutz, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, hey, I'm, you're I'm very you're happy my, to be here. You're my first guest that's uh, been on the show twice now. So oh, all right, that's this great. is like that's Saturday be... Night Live, where it's going to be a five-timer <laughs> or a seven-timer. Uh, that's know, awesome. Host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, I, I really you... appreciated like, you know, building out the relationship and connecting just through like commenting in you know, similar groups that we're in. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both comment a lot on some of those and uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of building that online relationship there. Um, yeah. So last time I had you on the show, we were talking about uh, tokenization. We talked about, um, uh, what was the, the blockchain, yeah, the, the sure. blockchain yeah. basically the blockchain yeah. and tokenization. So, uh, you know, if you, if, so for our listeners and viewers, if you haven't listened to that, you may want to go check that out. So Jared's kind of my go-to guy on some of these <laughs> new technologies. Uh, you're, you're a software company, correct? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We're a soft, software development company. I, I, we're, we're morphing into something right now. Um, something else, but you know, software development is always going to be, a a core focus for our company and you do software development for people like me that are syndicators in real estate uh you were heavy in the real estate space you were recently just on ken mcelroy's uh podcast and and tell me a little bit about that because i love ken and and uh you said it was a great experience yeah kenny uh he uh he really has like a a very like positive palpable energy like in his whole company like you you walk into this massive warehouse because you know he's a very big deal and um and he's got all these employees and it's just really just an experience to go in there and then go into a studio and meet all the staff and they're all you can see you can feel that they all embody his culture and um because i really believe that culture is driven from top down so um it, it really is a testament to him as a, in his character and and i don't know him like well at all you know i just went out there for the show but 
I've been in a lot of companies and, you know, you can sort of feel that, that energy when you walk in and, and when you see that all the employees embody it too, you know, exactly where it's coming from. It's, you know, it's coming from Kenny and he's brilliant. He's so smart, uh, in specifically this space. So that was, that was an awesome experience. Yeah, I think, and of course, he's a rich dad advisor with Robert Kiyosaki, and the rich dad company is kind of that same way. They lead out there. Uh, like one of the things is, I don't think I know. I know Robert Kiyosaki. They don't offer like a four hundred one k if you work with his company because he wants people to. He he's not a big believer in those types of things. So he wants he wants people that are working for them to go out and buy real estate, and he helps them and and go do those things. So it's definitely leadership from the top down, and and not only what they talk about, they, 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 what they preach, they, they go out and do it. Uh, mm. and, and so I, I would totally can totally see that. So, uh, I've met Ken a few times through some of the rich dad and, and the real estate guys, radios, um, some of their events and, uh, you know, sit down and had lunch and stuff. And he, and, and he's also a constant learner and a constant student. So when, even when he's a speaker at those events, you could see him in the back of the room taking notes and, uh, you know, he's very approachable and, and answers a lot of questions, but he's there to learn just like everybody else. So, you know, again, that's, it's great, great guy. Um, yeah. I always know, like, yeah, I've been doing more and more interviews lately <clears throat> and, um, I always know who's a learner and, and who's just like working to work essentially. Cause I'll go in interviews where like, they'll have predetermined like screen questions and where it just lacks a certain genuineness, right? Like before yeah. this, we didn't have a conversation. Like we, I, I knew that you want to talk about AI, but that was it. Right. So it leads to like a, a lot more and Kenny is the same way. Like it leads to a lot more of like a genuine conversation, uh, which is where like you organically are just absorbing information and learning rather than uh coming to the table with like a uh like an agenda yeah yeah i think we get some of our best content and it just flows better too if it's 100 100 on the on the fly and 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 we can dig deeper into issues that we get into um so the topic for today's show is ai or artificial intelligence and really why it's important and why we're looking at it so before we started recording the show, we were talking about how AI and virtual assistants, which we obviously want to get into. But, you know, AI has really been in the news a lot. People are talking about it. Um, the companies that are doing it, uh, you know, Google's doing it, Microsoft's doing it. And then what's the, the OpenAI, OpenAI.com has their jet, uh, chat GPT which uh, they're going from apparently from version three to version four. Uh, I was also online looking at, they have one that does like graphics art. It's called, mm -hmm. uh, was it Dolly? Yeah, Dolly. And Dolly was Dolly. one of the earlier ones that was released before uh, before ChatGPT. Yeah, and Good. then there's, I guess there's a 2.0 on that coming up. And I was just mm -hmm. curious about, hey, uh, we were talking about how I, I don't, not very good at design. I was like, maybe that thing can create a logo for me. And yeah. uh, I actually uploaded my logo and tried to get it to do refinements on it. Uh, but they say that it's um, the dolly is not really good at text. Uh, it's good at images. The, the 2.0 is uh, that's the most, that's the major advancement on the, 
on the this next variation coming out is awesome yeah where like with text it's a lot easier also can can look at an image and then provide text so not just you talking to it and having it draw it out but also uh looking at an image and and being able to explain it in text wow but um so because dolly is visual and gpt is is text it's all text or not gpt chat gpt specifically these are all open ai and like when you said microsoft so microsoft acquired uh or uh i think they bought 51 percent of open ai 49 or 51 really okay for 10 billion dollars because i see so, they're calling their ai azure and then and they're talking about like they call it a lot of their stuff they're calling like you know the co-pilot so like the office co-pilot mm -hmm. is their ai yeah and that's and, all powered by open ai like right, okay the, the, and, or chat gpt and then google's you calls theirs bard mm-hmm and, uh, you know, I'm not all sure who's all in that space, but, you know, those are some of the big players and, and, um, but I know open AI is the one that's getting all of the media and the attention right now. And I've definitely played with it and I've used it to help do some of the descriptions on my, on my YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, cause again, I'm like, okay, how do I need something creative in here? So I just go out there and <laughs> ask it to uh hey create a description for my you know give me a hundred word or a thousand word or whatever it does uh in in this in this text and it, and it kicks it out and i just cut copy paste and pull it over um yeah. it's a phenomenal tool um i caution <clears throat> using it that way specifically okay. because um uh quite often chat gpt is incorrect and and you won't even know when it's incorrect because uh, it'll just make information up and yeah, you know, like in, in testing, I, we have a, an agent, uh, we call it agent Verity, uh, Verity block is, is our company that is doing a lot of the AI stuff. And, uh, so agent Verity is a, is a auto GPT, which is where it can create its own tasks and so I, I asked it to, uh, to find me a, uh, a 15 or sorry, like a 3000 square foot home in Poway, California. And it started listing off all these homes and it started uh, creating other tasks to find an agent for me to, to buy some of these properties. And when you look up these properties, they don't exist. And when you look up the, uh, the agents, they don't exist. And it's just making all this stuff up because it, it's trying to tr give you an answer. So you have to actually like go in. So ChatGPT does this all the time because it's it's taking its information off the internet, and you don't always know exactly where on the internet it's taking it from. So as a language model, it's phenomenal. But um, being able to verify the data that it's calling from is crucial. So like as we're entering this space where you have a lot of people like me that are developing on top of these language models, it's really important that you know where the data is coming from and that it's not just pulling it from Wikipedia or from some like obscure website. Uh, that's why we call the company Verity because Verity means truth. So, uh, so truth and data is, is a core focus for us. Yeah. I think the, <clears throat> the open AI website calls it hallucinating answers that you mm -hmm. gotta be careful because 
uh, they can, it's, it's hallucinating and that yeah. sometimes they're wrong answers. And, and I'm like, well, yeah, how do they fix that? Cause that's <laughs> obviously an issue. Uh, you, you I've also it. asked it for like legal language for contracts and it'll, sometimes it'll do it. And sometimes it'll say, yeah, we're not supposed to give legal advice and we can't give you legal advice. And, mm. but I'll be like, you know, Hey, can you write in uh, a clause or something on a contract and it'll give me the language for it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think, so you kind of touched on the virtual assistants. So I've used Fiverr a lot to, to hire independent contractors to do work for me. And I've hired them to basically convert PDFs into text. I've done it for logo design. Uh, you know, you can pretty much hire somebody on Fiverr to do just about anything out there. And they turn that stuff around pretty quick. And then I, that's, that's a space where I could see AI totally taking over is on some of this mundane work um, or as a virtual assistant that you were alluding to where, hey, go out and find me this, this, and this, and this. But in order to be that virtual assistant, it's going to have to be more accurate, correct? Yeah. So, and that's all about training the data. Okay. So like uh, you ask it a question and you see that it gives you an incorrect answer and it could be like minorly incorrect or, or just like a hallucination, just like an outright lie mm-hmm. uh, or misinformation, which by the way, misinformation from AI is, is the next big, serious, very serious concern. Uh, because again, people won't be able to tell if it's wrong or not. So with training the data, you essentially go in and, and you say, when the user has this prompt or anything related to this prompt, this is the ideal answer, right? So like with legal, it's perfect because like legal is very structured and, and there isn't a lot of variation. There can be variation with the interpretation of it. But when you're talking about like regulatory compliance and a lot of these complexities that are in the fund world, those are those are pretty like cut and dry. And mm-hmm. so training a model, an AI model on that is very, very useful, um, especially for reading documents, right? So like we'll, we will train an AI it, where we'll say, AI, this is you, you are, uh, you're a, a document interpreter that that's your character never break character your job is to only um provide answers that are in this document that i give you and if the answer is not in the document then don't make anything up say hmm that's i don't know right or whatever like you, you can have it say whatever that's training it right that's that's giving it a very specific scope and telling it uh giving guidance to the the accurate answers which is why it's important to real to to know when you're interfacing with an ai where are they getting their data from you know if they're getting their data straight from the internet that's going to be very bad but if you say oh this ai is created by premier law group well now you know like and you can trust that because they have indexed all of their personal business legal opinions information or or data sets that they know to be true so you don't have to be concerned and you're able to do that you're able to interface with that open ai because because they have an api for developers like yourself correct is that yeah. how you do it yeah, yeah. Our, uh, most of my job is run through apis so like our tech stack is 
somewhere around like 36 different technologies and a lot of them run through different APIs, which is just a, a, a way for these applications to interface with one another, like transfer data and information. Right. Right. So, so I use their API, like I'll take a data set and vectorize it and uh, it'll be like all of these different types of responses that uh, like you ask the AI, what is a 506B fund, right? And mm -hmm. what it's going to do is, is the chat GPT with the API is that's the language model is going to read my data set and interpret it and put it into normal everyday language. And that's the really cool user interface that people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I wonder when you talk about misinformation and, and, you know, just going to give wrong information or maybe, you know, they talk on there that they're not going to allow it to do anything that would cause violence or it's like, so somebody is actually kind of setting these parameters. Uh, and what you're telling me is you can take this core engine and you can set those parameters to whatever you want. So maybe your you version the... of the AI can do something that another ones won't because they've already said, this is my box. And then you're kind of saying, well, this is my reality in my box over here. Yeah, that's very much how like AIs should not be general for the most part. They should be very specific in scope, like for what, what they're doing. That's where they're going to be most impactful, right? So like if you were having an AI where you're training it to be your personal assistant, you have to train that thing on really, if you want it to be like to its maximum effectiveness, you want that AI listening to all your phone calls, screening all your text messages, screening all your emails, every bit of communication and data that comes your way, you're going to want inside of that AI. If it's your personal assistant, Really how it's going to work is that uh, your personal assistant AI is really going to be built up by, uh, let's say, like five or 10 different AIs that are all very specific, right? So like this, you'll have one AI that is that is all about your investment data. That's the only thing it reads. Like it's it it, it, it knows that. And then you'll have another AI that's all about your social media. And it collects all that or, you know, so, so they're very purposeful. And so when you're dealing with what appears to be your core AI, what that is doing, that bot is doing is really interfacing with all these other AIs that, uh, that are specifically paired to you, like linked to you. So it just, it, it from a data structure, it's, uh, more accurate than combining all of these into a single ledger like data set. So where do, you, where do you <laughs> see this going in the near future for business owners and entrepreneurs and what's, where, you know, where's the opportunity and where's, uh, why, why are we talking about this on our show? Because we're talking about financial freedom, wealth building, real estate, you know, um, obviously the big companies are going to be able to use this, but how is the typical business owner or investor going to be able to take advantage of this uh in either in the short term or the long term where do you see this going uh i i'm trying to frame this uh, if i 
want to make this scary or, or not. I think <laughs> that um, I don't think that we are remotely um, prepared for how dramatic of a shift this is going to have. For entrepreneurs, it's it's going to be like a gold rush. You, you're going to see more entrepreneurs uh, in this next phase than I, I think we have really ever seen. And what I've noticed about myself as an entrepreneur that's different from other entrepreneurs, which is also a problem, but uh, which is, has gotten me to the point I'm at right now, which is I can... I have the entrepreneur spirit. I can build a company, but I can also like build the product myself, right? Like normally you have like the entrepreneur is like the idea person in yeah. the, in the visionary, but they need partners. And so, yeah. um, I have been able to, to do both sides of those equations, which has kind of led me to this point, which I also then realized that like really to be an effective entrepreneur, I need a team. And yeah. where like people have these other core competencies, because then now I can really dive into my core competency. The um, but with with AI, you're really gonna people who are visionaries that don't have the capability to like code software or code a website or or uh, yeah. do do all this, they'll be able to. Like one man, two two person teams will be able to do the effectiveness of. 10 15 20 people yeah yeah Le leveraging leveraging you know we talk about employees you're leveraging other people's time uh to build the business and and, and, I, and i'm right with you and I, too I, I i have the exact same problem in that um yeah i've been doing too much myself and pretty much haven't wearing all the hats because i have a problem one, finding the people that want to do that and partner with me, but then two, just to be at my standard on how I want it done and how, yeah, have my, what my vision is. So I'm seeing AI as being, hey, that virtual assistant that I get to train and I get to basically program and duplicate myself in one function or way like that um where it's 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 ai it's not an employee it doesn't take yeah. vacations it doesn't go on leave or you know it doesn't complain about how much you're going to pay for it or whatever it may be it's like yeah. this perfect employee kind of thing it, it is and I, i'll tell you how we're using it uh, like to give like a real world example and i can actually uh sh show you our beta if you want me to do that like share screen or something but uh you know to your point like that was one of the, I, I was smiling when you were talking because I struggled with that a lot. And I'm in the middle of this deal right now that I've been working on for a, for a, a long time. And we're going to be announcing it uh, pretty soon. Uh, it's this partnership. And um, in that process, I, I had to learn how to let go of control because mm -hmm. that's sort of like what you're talking about. Right, like, yeah. like make, making sure that you have the quality that you want and that that it aligns with your vision. And what we're building right now is just way too big to have that that mindset. And I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, and I'm just now coming to this realization that I can't do everything. And even with my ability to build out all of these different AIs, this experience that I had building out this partnership with real people. In learning from 
them and learning what their experiences are that are different from mine and, and sharing mine with theirs and really seeing that like I can I can let go of that control and because they're the, the one big thing that that a human partner uh can't like that AI can't give me is this like genuine connection and collaboration over a shared vision and how expansive that can be yeah. Uh, you know, the AI is only going to give me what I'm asking it for versus like organically having a conversation and generating these ideas and having this shared vision. I just, that to me, I, I, I can't feel like I can, I can't see that I can have that feeling with, with AI, but what AI can do is like, now I don't need a hundred million dollars to launch a tech company. I need 10 because that's how powerful the AI is. Like it, it allows us to scale an enormous multiple. Like, so we don't need as much money to, to, to build yeah. huge global applications. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we were just, you know, we both know the same securities attorney, and they're talking about how each PPM and and all those partnership agreements have to be custom built for your business, and they cost thousands of dollars to do these things. And and I can just totally see where, hey, I've got my business thesis. Here's my investment thesis. This is exactly what I'm doing. I could see AI writing an agreement or a PPM or you know basically taking that big knowledge base and pulling out all of the things that it needs that totally fits your business and, and, and being able to create that within minutes. That, um, yeah. So I, that is one of the first applications that we're building out in this partnership and, uh, in a, a way to visualize it is, is you and I are having a conversation, let's say your premier law group, right? Cause that, that's yeah. who you were referencing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the client. I have my own AI that's listening to me, indexing everything I'm saying. You have your own AI that's listening to you, indexing everything you're saying. While we're having a live conversation, it's recording it and indexing it into its own data sets. While yeah. we're having this conversation, our two AIs are having a conversation live and actually building out the PPM. While, yeah. uh, you know, as long as you fed in all the other data about like the deal and disclosures or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh it at the end of our meeting and as long as as the ai has received all of the data external data outside of our conversation you could literally just click play and that ppm is going to be done within a minute or two yeah um the but that doesn't mean that that ppm is deployable right we're, we're still having that go through yeah and be reviewed and scrutinized um I, we're just not really at that place yet where we yeah. feel like we can just generate this document and let it go with with no review There's, but it'll take a twenty thousand dollar contract and drop it down to five right right because you're just doing a review uh because mm -hmm. i know the law firms just have a template for these and then they modify the templates to fit and, and so the question last night on the Zoom call they had last night was, is, is there a location on the internet that I can go out and get copies of PPMs to digest and read? And the answer was, is yeah, every time you go. Um, the SEC. 
the, you go to the SEC, you go to the Edgar's uh, database, mm-hmm. which is out there, because every time someone has to file these, it's on a public it's public database that anyone can have access to. It's called Edgar's, and mm-hmm. you can just go out there and f- look for the last sixty days, all all of the private placements and and documentation that everyone has put out there. And uh, like I do it with Grant Cordone stuff, I go out to Grant Cordone's and I get copies of all of his Reg A pluses all the time. And I just sit there and read through them. And it's funny when I'll read through them, I'll find spelling errors. I'll find mm-hmm. I'll find a lot of errors uh, on them because I know that they're just cookie cutter templates that people are throwing together and they haven't really digested it and read. No one reads them line by line. Now I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of that crazy person where I will go through and dissect them and read them. But what I'm thinking of is you're going to take this online Edgar's database of all of these private placements over the last 30 years, and you're going to feed them through some kind of AI model. And it's going to say, well, here's all the pertinent information and pull this all together and customize it for your fund. Yeah. So um, it, it, the AI doesn't really work like that, uh, <laughs> although that's like big, big data. It, yeah. it goes off of a perfect set. Okay. So like, so you think of all the variations in a deal, whether the whether it's on the deal structure side, so it's a 506C, 506B, or let's say like a reggae. And, and then you look at the asset type. And you look at the location. So like all of the variables in it, um, every every single deal that's similar enough, like let's say it's yeah. 90% similar, will have one data set that it's referencing. And it's saying, this is the best data set. But you can leverage it in a bunch of different ways, like the the way that you were saying it where it's where you could say all right now look at all of the ppms that are in that are of that are like student family housing mm-hmm. or student housing and um and ex- extrapolate all of the disclosures and then insert those disclosures in, into this document or w- whatever so you still can take big data but the way ai typically works is there is a a a perfect completion to the prompt and it's referencing that one data set. So like when that, and that, that prompt should be very specific, like student housing in Florida, um, whatever it is. Right. And, um, uh, and, and as the, you know, if, if changes need to be made to that perfect model, you're making it to that perfect model. You're not adding on to it. Like you're not, you're not saying reference this document, then this document, and then this one. Yeah. That might be it a little complicated (laughs) and you know the websites we've got these chat bots on websites now where you can click on them and you can talk and you know and it'll send off a response to me that hey somebody's inquired on this and you can automate answers you know uh for christmas i got an alexa and i got one of the fancy ones that's got the screens and i use it for all my scheduling now like you know an hour before the zoom call alexa says hey jeff in an hour you've got a zoom call with jared and and I'm like, man, when they start figuring out the Alexas of the world and and series on your phone, and they start tying that into a smarter AI, that's going to be extremely uf- useful. Yeah, you, know, we, you might even actually, have AI like answer a phone call for you. So I haven't done this, but uh, I I've been following someone who's who's doing this, but where they actually tapped into uh, Siri. And they connected Siri with their AI, 
Yeah. And they they tell Siri, uh, like build me this website and like this login page or whatever, and and then the uh the bot starts coding the website and deploys it. Like it's it's fascinating. Um, that is absolutely coming very 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 soon. So like our our agent Verity, uh, you can you can ask her to do something like, hey, find me a deal, structure it as like, find me this specific deal, structure it as a 506C and create a, a, a marketing plan to, uh, to raise capital for the selected property. And, mm -hmm. and you just set that as its goal and it'll just create its own tasks and, and go on its own and, and really complete the whole thing. It's, it's a, that's largely how we're using it, it with workflows, right? So we are uh, curating very specific workflows on how to get through deals from like mm -hmm. finding the property, analyzing the property and, um, and then, you know, marketing it, generating all the legal documents. It's a full scope workflow where users can go to our platform. And they don't have to be concerned that they're going to break the law. They don't have to be concerned that, uh, that, you know, they are increasing the liabilities in any certain way, as long as they operate within the, the curated workflow, they are going to be protected from like out of sight, out of mind. They don't even have to think about it. There's going to be some killer app out there or something that integrates it and it's just going to yeah, take off. I think right now it's just, everybody's playing with it, trying to figure out what its capabilities are, how can we integrate it with these APIs? And then, you know, it, it's just at some point in time, it's gonna be a mass adoption. There's gonna be that do you, killer Do you wanna app. see it? Like, do I have screen sharing capability? Yeah, I, I can show you this thing. Let me see if I can do that here. Uh, share screen, I think. Okay. Wow. So, uh, all right, sorry, this is the backend server. But we'll go into, so we got this up and going uh, about a week ago. And um, we'll call this like find a deal. And then we'll set the goal to be uh, find a student housing property. And I feel like I'm wording this incorrectly, but uh, <laughs> form a real estate syndication as a 506c and then create a business plan to what generate um investments or to solicit uh, and then create a business plan to all right, and then we deploy the agent. And so it's got its goal. And now it's going to start all these tasks. It's it's creating its own tasks. So conduct market research to identify potential student housing properties and their feasibility as a real estate syndication, analyze financial data and projections to determine the necessary investment. And now it's like going through and actually like uh, doing the research, adding more tasks, and it'll keep on going forever until it feels like it has accomplished its task. 
So this all right. is all I have it... issue with the word feels like when it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, so, so we're not, th this is beta. Okay. So, cause like, it'll just continue to like identify potential investors or investment groups who may be interested. It, it'll, uh, it, it'll go for qu quite a while, depending on how like extensive it is. We're not operating like, like this. This is very much our, uh, our beta because this is connected to the internet. So it's actually connected to a, um, a Google search API and we, uh, like you could just see it executing these various yeah. different tasks. Um, so, so when so you were we, on Ken's show and you were talking about how you were, um, you were tied into so many of these other, you know, uh, the, your, your technology stack, you were talking to them about your technology stack and where you've got, you're, 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 you're pulling on all of these other, technology companies in the valley right you were talking about how what happens if the bank goes down and all now you just lost this piece in your technology stack oh yeah so yeah. you're able to you're able to take your your when so something like that with ai using all of these apis from all these other developers and tying into all of their technologies right and all their databases on the back end mm -hmm. you know so i mean your your ai is kind of running it but then it also has access to tie into these other apis so well, it's, just, just because it just because it's being delivered by the AI doesn't mean that um, that you're, that the AI is actually doing it. Like one of the user interfaces that we're going for um, is where you're talking to the AI. You're saying, "Hey, wh what investors do I do I have to reach out to this week? Like I've got this deal. Show me my list of investors." So we are, we have a software that, sh that already visualizes that, right? So like, but you're talking to the AI. So if you tell the AI to show you your list of investors, that's on the right side of the screen, on the left side of the screen, a table just appears, right? And mm -hmm. now you can see all the investors that you have to talk to in, uh, that right there, that's not the AI referencing that at all. Like the AI actually, it feels like it because that's the user experience that the mm -hmm. AI is doing this. But really in the code, what's happening is, is you're telling the AI to do something and the AI is saying, okay, call this table. So it's not visualizing the table. It's not like reading that table unless you tell it to, yeah. uh, it's visual, it, it's just saying, call this table, which is not the, the language model and the AI isn't in that process really, uh, unless you then say, okay, write me a five sentence, uh, like plan to to like address these people or you know reach out to these people and write them an email now the ai is is uh is coming into play there but there will be several instances in our user interface where it feels like it's the ai but it's really not it's really just calling a data set that's internal to our program yeah or like our application right right yeah uh, but it's super cool stuff. And so like with, um, with the, the big thing to what I was talking about on Ken's show in with what you were referencing, that was a fear that I had for, uh, for Silicon Valley companies that are still being affected right now. And all yeah. these other banks that are going under is that if these companies lose funding, there could be an API that breaks and that's going to affect all of their customers. So it's really important for people that are in my position to ensure that 
one, you're using companies like if you're using a company's tech stack, like a portion of it, like with an API that you're using a company that you know is going to be resilient to like banks failing, which mm -hmm. is kind wrong. of a difficult. Yeah. Um, and then really having a redundancy plan. So like to say, okay, if Google search goes down, right, if that misfires, then in the code you say, all right, use, uh, use Bing or Yahoo or whatever. Yeah. And so like, you can still get the, the search function done in, in that example, uh, because you have a redundancy. And so, yeah, I guess the, eventually the whole platform could break if Google goes down and Yahoo goes down and Bing goes down. If that happens, we have like way bigger issues than like a software, a software's <laughs> API misfiring. But, uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's just ensuring that like you have a backup plan, especially on like the data side. So like if, if you have a server that fails, you have a backup plan. Like you, you, you have another server that is constantly copying that server. And mm -hmm. so if that server fails, you can just redirect all of your resources to this other server. Yeah, that's why they build data centers all over and there's a lot of uh, mirroring and cloning and things of that. So if one drops out and there's caching, so mm -hmm. yeah, they've all got that exactly. taken care of. So that's my previous world in IT and doing server farms and, and all of that. I, I had an issue with a data center that talked about if they lost electricity for long periods of time, they had backup generators and then they had contracts with uh, companies to have diesel delivered in the event of, uh, of a hurricane or whatever it may be. And I'd be like, well, that's great that you could tell people that you've got a backup <laughs> generator and you got a contract for people to deliver diesel. But what happens if that company that you got the contract with is, is, uh, you know, can't deliver or can't because yeah. they're under the exact same problems you're under. So you're going to run out of diesel fuel and you're going to run out of power. But and this is where, um, uh, this is where blockchain really comes in big because mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about a, a server or even like a server farm where they're all on the same location. You know, this is defeated really by cloud computing because like you, you really can that happening that, that in the last uh, 10 years, like th those situations would be very rare to happen because like you can, you can, uh, you can call different servers from all across the world, right? Like you right. can redeploy, you can redeploy across the world. So yeah. natural disasters is, is pretty rare, but, uh, where it would shut down somebody on a cloud infrastructure, but with, with blockchain, instead of having, you know, one server that has all your information, you have a bunch of servers that yeah. have your information that are validating it. So like if one goes down, you would have to have like, a, a, you know, for, for Bitcoin to, let's say crash on that level with, with right. the server, you would have to have th thousands and thousands of nodes. It's uh, decentralized. Yeah. It, yeah. It's distributed. It's, it's distributed. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like a rate array on a server where you've got the data scattered across multiple drives. Mm -hmm. So if one drive fails, the other drives can be rebuilt. Um, and, yeah. yeah. So like so, our, our blockchain isn't decentralized. Like we weren't, we're not ready to go into a decentralized environment with, uh, with all the complexities within the regulatory framework. Um, but it's distributed, right? So, it, yeah. so ours is very much centralized. Uh, we know all the players. We know who there. There, there's no 
there, you can't be anonymous on our platform uh, because you, you can't invest in funds anonymously like that. I mean, you could right. through various LLCs and sort of like mask it. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so for us, not decentralized, but distributed. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, re it's really interesting. And, uh, there's going to be people that are be like, there's no way I'm going to jump into that technology. And there's going to be adopters that take it and say, oh, you're missing out. If you're not, um, you won't have a choice. You yeah. know, well, yeah. And some people aren't going to have a choice. It's like my mother-in-law that are you, are you talking uh, about blockchain or are you talking about ai i'm talking about both but i'm talking yeah. definitely about ai now but you know uh my mother-in-law would never never doesn't have a credit card right refuses to order on amazon online mm -hmm. and 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 goes to a hotel and wants to pay in cash and they won't accept cash you have to use mm -hmm. a credit card now to book yeah. a hotel room so we have to do all of her ordering for her on our cards and then she pays us in cash because she doesn't trust, you know, to trust the system and credit cards and, and, and all of this. And she refuses to do auto pay on her bills. Right. So there's yeah. always going to be that percentage of population that just will not participate in the technology, even though it's here and it's going to radically change just like, you know, if, if, if the um, federal reserve ever, really does get out a digital dollar and forces everybody to basically get rid of their paper dollars and go all digital. You know, this world is coming and, and you're going to have to adapt. And there's definite benefits as, especially as a business owner on how to take advantage of this. And, yeah. uh, you know, so you have well, to be it, familiar with it because it's coming. Yeah. In, in, especially in our world of, of hmm. fund management and uh, real estate, it's going to be a very uh, it's going to shock this industry to its core because the the sole reason why I came into real estate was because I had highlighted it like I had identified real estate as being uh, radically using that word again, radically antiquated technology and yeah. where someone with my background can come in and really just look like a superhero. Like you put me in another industry and I'm just like an average person. You put me in real estate and my skills look incredibly advanced. Uh, I'm <laughs> definitely not trying to devalue my value of work, but it, that's just how it is because it's so antiquated here. Yeah. And I think we're about a generation and a half away from people from a, a really large like wealth transfer to uh so let's say you've got uh people who are like in their 70s 80s whatever they're they're going to be passing down through trusts or however they, they they structure their estate to their children and their children's children and now that that wealth is being transferred to people who grew up on computers it who don't know how to interface this old antiquated way um and with ai so as you're having that happen with the advancement of AI and blockchain, it's going to leap decades of technology. So it's going to be, uh, for the real estate industry specifically, it's going to be jarring. Um, but I, I think the transition has been seeming pretty smooth lately, especially with portals becoming more frequent and, and used across syndications. Uh, and just like having a digital interface and 
the way that we're reaching investors is very much done in a digital way. So, you know, that, that transition has been slowly happening. Yeah. And using DocuSign to sign contracts and having mm -hmm. a, having a digital signature on a contract that kind of blew me away. And I'm like, has anybody ever really like debated this in a, in a, in a court of law? Some people won't do it. Yeah. Like you know. some people still won't do it. Some people still won't wire money. Like they will only send checks. Write checks. Yeah. So um, I think there's always going to be a level of that for sure. But real estate absolutely is going through a massive technological change right now. Uh, yeah. And I'm just excited to be here to to be a part of it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, we're coming up on about an hour, so we should probably think about wrapping it up. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? I'm just Maybe here to specifically answer questions. More, you want to tell us more about what you're doing in your business? And, and um, We are doing something incredibly awesome. <laughs> I am going to try to be super vague about it because uh, we we're just finalizing this partnership that I, that we've been working on for a long time. And it, it has been the experience of my life to come into this world that I didn't know that well, like this syndication world and just dive into it and consume everything and meet everybody uh, like you and Kenny and uh, Mauricio and Bethany and their team and, um, and all these other various people that I've, that's really kind of like, I, I've immersed myself in, in this world. So the the platform that we are building and that we're going to announce here pretty soon is is going to be a very safe place for investors to come in to uh, to to find deals, to manage deals uh, where they don't need to be concerned uh, that the the sponsor that they're talking to, is shady or whatnot, like all, all of our people are vetted. Uh, all of our information is vetted. The data is vetted. Um, we're really focused on building a community where we can teach people about wealth creation that it, it and largely people that, that wouldn't have, have had that opportunity otherwise, right? Like we're typically like these resources and tools have only been available for the wealthy. And uh, to be able to make that impact on a lower level with like people in the military or teachers or police officers or, uh, you know, general workforce individuals that aren't accredited and teach them about wealth creation and, and, and how to get accredited when you, when you don't have like a ton of money. I could go on and on about like this platform that we're, uh, we're launching. It's very exciting and it's, it's powered by AI and blockchain specifically, right? So blockchain is what brings truth to our data. AI is the user interface that helps people stay in compliance with the law, helps them find deals, analyze deals, find investors. Um, really we're, we're using the technology to enhance human connection, right? So let, let our platform do all the nitty gritty task related stuff it so that you, your time is freed up so that you can 
communicate more effectively with investors or connect with investors or connect with other syndicators or learn, right. And, and be educated and continually go after that and grow yourself, uh, with the, the community. So I feel like I, I feel like I need like a speechwriter to like consensually put that down into like five sentences. <laughs> you need AI but, to put that down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. I think we're going to have some news here in the next uh, two to three weeks. Awesome. And then, yeah. um, so where is this going to be announced at, or how? What's your website? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, so you can you can see where we're at with with our AI and with Verity at uh, VerityBlock.ai. So V E R I T Y B L O C K dot AI. And you can sign up there. You can check out the community. Uh, you can interface with our AI right now on there. Um, and uh, that's where uh, most of the announcements will happen. Uh, also, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to have a conversation and answer any questions. Yeah. And you're very active in the online community. So I said, I, I see. I try to be. Yeah, I see it's, your stuff. It's all on the time. one of my, yeah, it's on one of my fifteen screens at any given time. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, Jared. I think uh, we'll call our quits for the, for now, and I'm sure uh, uh, I'll probably be talking to you again. So uh, you're going to have to be a reoccurring theme on uh, the Money Podcast. I'm always happy so. to. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All always. right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right, what did you think of our interview with Jarrett Lutz about AI? It kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I don't know if that's just from all the Hollywood movies on Terminator and all of those things out there with AI, but I'm telling you, it's coming to the market, and it's going to be here before you know it, and it's definitely for real. I've already started to use it. We're already checking it out, and I'm really excited to hear what Jarrett has coming up in the background that's going to be announced soon because I know it's going to be awesome. All right, that's all I've got for the show this week. This Sunday, we have our May meetup at the Cedar Rapids Public Library from 2 to 4 p.m. at Beams Auditorium. We're going to be talking about syndication and how to use OPM or other people's money to scale and go full-time as a real estate investor. So if you're in Eastern Iowa, you're going to want to check that out. If you're not in Eastern Iowa, make sure you get out to our website at studentofmoney.org. Click like and subscribe, listen to our podcast, check out our YouTube channel for all of our awesome content. So that's all I've got this week. I will see you next week right here at Student of Money. Talk to you later.